0: Just a heads up. The woman with the duct tape bikini and the meth deer stealing electronics, not a true story. Bridget Tisdale, she apparently lives in every single city in America. That's I've seen it, I've seen it now multiple versions, multiple places. It's all over the place. Somebody, there's a parody account called Belmont News Network <laughs> out of Gaston County. On the Facebook page, uh, and so they they posted. A, uh, somebody sent me the link to that, and that got me trying to find out: is like, is this a real story? And no, it's not a real story. There were there was no woman that that was keeping deer in her house, feeding them meth, and having them go and steal electronics from their neighbors, and bringing them back to her house. That it's not a true story, unless of course there are multiple people looking identical who also have four meth deer in their homes and they're all named Bridget Tisdale and they all got caught at the same time in like 17 different cities. That's possible. I I don't want to rule it out, but no, it's, (laughs) it's a viral thing going around the interweb today. It is, it is comical. It's funny, but uh, not true. Alrighty. So now we have a, a few more details about what all went down with the uh, the firing of Tucker Carlson at Fox News, and um, so I'm, I'll give you a little peek behind the curtain. Not that I have any experience in at Fox News, obviously, but um, there is a certain well, there are certain personality types that are attracted to this kind of work. Let's say I am one of them. And Tucker Carlson is one of them. Everybody that's in this industry to some degree or another has some sort of similar personality type and uh, certain characteristics. And uh, the companies that own these various media platforms know this. They know this. I remember hearing, gosh, 25 years ago maybe when I was just getting out of college, getting into the biz 20, 25 years ago. And um, remember hearing about these reports that were run by certain media conglomerates that would essentially uh, profile their employees. And they knew what they could get out of certain employees based on the types of jobs that they do. In the radio world, you've got on-air hosts, you've got producers, board operators, you've got managers, you've got salespeople and it is kind of interesting when you when you work at enough places you you've been to a, enough radio stations you see that there are personality types that do in fact gravitate towards certain jobs so that's always important to keep in mind especially when i get to this piece that was actually from the weekly standard back in 2017 the now defunct weekly standard and a lot of people are are celebrating the firing of tucker carlson i never celebrate when people get fired even i mean people that i don't care for if you know somebody passes away or somebody gets fired if i don't care for them or their work product i i generally don't come along and and try to you know throw insult on top of the injury there's no need to and as one who has been let go on two occasions in my life, I've been fired twice in my life, both by radio companies. Um, and neither time for any cause or anything that I did, it was just budget. And so I understand the fickleness of the business. And I understand like at, at that, at that upper level, when you get up that high, into, especially like some an organization like Fox News, right? Um, there are all sorts of, of permutations and calculations that are made. But what it sounds like what happened with Tucker Carlson is that this was it came down from Rupert Murdoch. the boss didn't want Tucker Carlson to be a part of the the program anymore and the thing a lot of people confuse in um, in this industry, media in general, is they mistake the the brand with the platform. I'm not saying that's what Tucker Carlson has done. Tucker Carlson is his own brand, and I, I suspect he's going to be fine. I, and by fine, I mean, he'll have a career on his own. I, like I suspect he's going to go and do his own thing. I mean, if I'm Tucker Carlson, that's what I'm doing. You've got I mean he's, he was pulling an audience on Fox News on a cable you know news station of three and a half million viewers a night. And so that's that's more than enough to create your own product. He has, uh, I mentioned yesterday, I think I said he was up in New Hampshire, but apparently it's Maine. And he built, during the pandemic, they built an entire studio up there. I've seen people go up to that studio and they sit down, they do interviews up there. He flies them up there and uh, does chats with them for the show and for long form sort of podcast, uh, digital platform delivery content. I suspect he's going to be fine. As and One article I read about it, he doesn't have a non-compete. He doesn't have a non-disclosure. Like, he's he's free to do whatever he wants to do, it seems like. Remember, also, we mentioned yesterday, this is the guy he founded, The Daily Caller. So it's kind of hard for me to believe that he's not going to, you know, utilize that skill set that he had, launching a digital-based uh, uh, content provider, content creator. Um. And maybe he goes back to Daily Caller and joins up with them and does something. I I don't know. He hasn't said anything as far as I can tell. He is he's not given any statements out. But it does appear it was a firing, and it seems like it was at least related to some of the stuff that he said during depositions. And I don't think it has anything to do with the anti-Trump stuff. I don't think it has anything to do with the. I mean, because he he made he made a lot of comments, anti-Trump comments. You know, with his. Uh, Uh, co-workers and some of the some of the stuff that came out in the discovery and the depositions of these hosts with dominion in their um, in their defamation lawsuit he is he was not a fan of donald trump now some people also think that he was kind of getting red pilled because he got out of the the bubble and he went up to maine and he's doing his show from up there and once he sort of detaches from the mothership and he's outside of that D.C., New York bubble, that now he's starting to like the, the, the scales are falling from his eyes. And there are several different lines of criticism. Some, I think, are fair. Some are not. For example, I think, um, you know, when he had these these opinions about Donald Trump and that he doesn't share them with his audience, I can see why he wouldn't do it. You don't want to alienate your audience. Because, remember, the platform is Fox, and people are going to Fox News for certain content. If I came on the air and I started talking about how fantastic Barack Obama is and Joe Biden is, and I started bashing uh, every conservative principal and leader, I suspect the audience would not care too much for that content. Know your audience, right? That's a key in this business. Know your audience. And don't mistake your brand for the platform. The platform here is WBT. For 100 years, that's the platform. I am merely one of the many stewards of that brand or of that platform. And, yes, it has its own brand. But me alone, like, I am my own brand. But I'm, like, tiny this little thing. And WBT is is the colossus. And a lot of times people who get into this business because of the personality that you have to have in order to do this line of work, sometimes they get a little misguided. (laughs) They sometimes think that they are bigger than the platform. Again, I'm not saying Tucker Carlson thought this, but he's going to be fine. Like I see some of the criticism, oh, like Megyn Kelly, like and Bill O'Reilly, like they're not doing anything. I think they're, I think they're doing just fine. I think Tucker Carlson can be another Joe Rogan. He can have another Tim Pool. He can have his own uh, brand, his own YouTube or Rumble, like that. Like to me, if he goes to Rumble, which is the competitor to YouTube, but it doesn't demonetize you based on your conservative philosophy. And Rumble is smaller, and so there's pros and cons to that. Obviously smaller in that there's not a lot of people that are going to find your videos because they're not already native to that platform. However, somebody with the the name recognition of Tucker Carlson who lands there now can bring new people onto the platform, but also the people who are already on the platform are more likely than to gravitate to him because he's going to be the 800-pound gorilla. He's going to be this big name. So you're going to, just like the early adopters of YouTube built huge followings, Tucker Carlson can probably do something similar over at Rumble. I don't know. That's possible. But did he lie to his audience? I, I keep seeing this because he he would bring on Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy. He would bring on Sidney Powell. And then he would trash talk them in private communication saying that they... Uh, they were not bringing the evidence and that they were crazy. And then he called her, he called her some bad names. And that might be part of it. He is also the subject of a harassment lawsuit from a woman who worked first um, for Maria Bartiromo and then went over and worked for Tucker Carlson. And she alleges uh, harassment and a hostile work environment, sexually charged and all of this. So there was a piece at Politico, I know, I know, but it was at Politico by a guy named Jack Schaefer, senior media writer. But he tells the story that was actually told first at the Weekly Standard to Andrew Ferguson. And when you hear the template that Fox uses, this will make a lot more sense. It'll make a lot of sense. Why it doesn't matter. They got two years left on Tucker's contract. They'll pay him because it doesn't matter. Uh, That is The Entertainer by Billy Joel from the Street Life Serenade album, 1974. And I kept thinking about that song as I was reading the stories about Tucker Carlson. It's a component of this job, of this, and look, this job is not my job. This is WBT's job. Tucker Carlson's job was not his job. It was Fox News's. Every job has a shelf life everywhere. Okay. Yes, maybe, except for like funeral home directors. But aside from that, um, not my job. Just doing it. Just hired to do this job that belongs to someone else, the company. But there is a component here. This is, as the, you know, the philosopher Billy Joel noted there. Right? You got to know where you stand when you do this work. Today I'm your champion, I may have won your hearts, but I know the game, you'll forget my name, and I won't be here in another year if I don't stay on the charts. John Hancock talked about this, like this was, (laughs) radio guys say this, you know, if you're going to pass away, hopefully you do it while you have an on-air shift. Not on the air, you don't want to, I mean, that would, although, no, no, you don't, if you're going to pass away, and you want a lot of people at your funeral, it helps if you are still working in the biz, right? Right? Because, and especially, you know, back in the olden days of radio, when uh, you would get let go, or TV for that matter, you get let go, and then you just disappear. You, you're off into another city, and nobody really knows how to ever track you down after that. It's different now because of the digital opportunities that hosts have. Um, and that's why I think Tucker Carlson is going to be fine. Look, Bill O'Reilly did it. Megyn Kelly has done it. Um Glenn Beck is also mentioned because, remember, Fox News uh, canned him as well. So this piece by Jack Schaefer. So this is I'll just read to you the the background here. Roger Ailes, right, the original architect of uh, Fox News, founded the network in 1996 with Rupert Murdoch. And he explained the showmaking philosophy to Andrew Ferguson of the Weekly Standard. This was in 2017. The subject was the early evening news talk program called The Five, which in recent months had uh, has outperformed even Tucker Carlson's show. Roger Ailes explained how he filled the slot vacated by solo artist Beck with an ensemble of pundits building a sort of Archie's, the Archies right, talk show for the Fox audience. The Five would be performed by five commentators at 5 p.m. Get it? So you go around the table. Quote, over on this end, we got the bombshell in a skirt. Drop-dead gorgeous, but smart. She's got to be smart or it doesn't work. Next, we have a gruff, longshoreman type. Salty, but not too salty for TV. In the middle, there's the handsome matinee idol. Next to him, we have the Salvation Army girl. Cute and innocent, but you get the idea she might be a lot of fun after a few pops. On the end, we need the wise guy, the cut-up. And so Roger Ailes casts the show with these types. He summons them to his office. He has them all stand in a semicircle around his desk to explain to them why he was calling the show The Five. He says, I'm calling it The Five because you are types, not people. You all are about to become very famous. And you're going to make a lot of money. A lot of money. But don't ever forget... Right behind you, I got somebody exactly like you ready to take your place. So don't bleep up. The brilliance of Roger Ailes' insight that everybody is replaceable by design faded into cheap irony in 2016 when he, too, was forced to walk the plank over sexual harassment charges. <laughs> right, Ailes learned that he was as replaceable as any featured player on The Five, As Rupert Murdoch, the ultimate TV news impresario, installed a new network boss and the ratings gravy continued to flow. It doesn't matter who replaces Tucker Carlson in the 8 p.m. block because the talent at the Fox News channel has never been the star. Glenn Beck wasn't the star in 09 when he generated the largest viewership that Fox had ever seen in the five o'clock hour. Bill O'Reilly. Remember, that's how Carlson got the job, right? Bill O'Reilly got let go. The previous king of cable news, subject of all the magazine profiles and and whatnot. Megyn Kelly as well. Beck, O'Reilly, Kelly. Somebody needs to tell Carlson that Fox is the star, not him. The star maker is whomever network owner Rupert Murdoch has assigned to run the joint. Will this model hold? That's my question. Will this model hold now? I think Tucker Carlson's got an opportunity to blow it up, but we'll see. consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor there really is something for everyone at old grouch's military surplus in beautiful downtown clyde and online at oldgrouch.com all right so one of the things um regarding the tucker carlson uh firing is the celebration and the nastiness the gloating the happiness that uh, people on the left and a lot of people on the right, obviously, um, have uh, have been expressing. It doesn't like. I feel for the guy. Like it's your whole life has been upended. Now, granted, at that level of uh, income that he was making, uh, you the well, you got a bigger cushion. Right? So yeah, he's going to be fine. But it's this is one of the components that um, is part of the is part of the gig and part of this business. That is always the it's always the the worst part, which is the celebration of your difficulties based on political disagreement. I saw AOC put out a video on Instagram. I think she's the Instagram one. I don't think she's on TikTok, but um, or maybe she is. Now, I don't know. I I don't follow her, but I saw that she had posted some video celebrating the news, uh, the the hosts of The View, they were all celebrating uh, as well. And I recognize that this, you know, it happened when I got let go from BT 12 years ago, whenever it was. It happened when I got let go at the Asheville station. And it will happen whenever this gig ends. It will happen again. It will happen also when I die. People will celebrate my death. That's part of this territory. It stinks. I won't be around to try to uh, you know tell my friends and family it's okay, I don't care what they say. you shouldn't care either. but I'm not going to be around to tell them that. And um, I've told them that many, many times. Well, I hope they remember it <laughs> but that is part of you know what comes with this territory. politicians as well, right people celebrate if look if you want to know my opinion about a politician, an elected official, whatever, when they pass away, just listen to if I talk about them. And if I don't talk about them, then that means I really don't have anything nice to say about them. I don't need to I don't need to go whizzing on the grave, you know? I, I don't need to do that. They're already going through what they're going through, their family's going through what they're going through. They don't need me to pile on. Um so that's part of that, that that's part of all of this and it is very easy for people who like Tucker Carlson to then get very super defensive about the way he's being treated in the aftermath and I totally get it because people who like me and like the show they got that way for me too and I'm indebted to those people because the only reason I get to keep doing this job is because people enjoy the content. But again if you know if the content isn't good people stop listening. Then I'm, you know, on the discount rack like another can of beans. If yeah, I mean that again, as Billy Joel prophesized. Right? If you go cold, you don't get sold. You get put in the back on the discount rack. Now now, so here is the here is the line that you walk, which is and I get accused of this, every host gets accused of doing this. Whether it's true or not, the people who make the accusations do not care. They are ignorant, but it doesn't matter. Uh, they accuse hosts of only saying things that their audience wants to hear. That's the challenge. And so they, of course, because they oppose the host, they don't like the host, they don't like the policies of the host, so they will accuse the host of not really believing the things that they say. And once again, I said this, you know, Hancock told me, just tell the truth, be yourself, don't make up opinions, just to you know tell the audience something that you think they want to hear because eventually they're going to sniff out the fake. They always do because you can't do this show for three hours a day for any extended period of time and then tell lies and and keep them all straight. You know, at some point you're going to you're going to mess up. And when you do, someone's going to remember that you said this other thing and they will call you on it. That's why, like, we got the promo running right now. Thank you, Bernie, for cutting that up with caller Tony. Right. Where Tony believes that I must have had some opinion because he doesn't like me. And so he just projected onto me some opinion that he thought I I espoused, when in fact I never did espouse that. But here's the thing. I know what my opinion was on that because it hasn't changed. And I didn't say something different on the air than I really believe. I think that might be part of the problem. Like, if you, for, for Carlson, is that he's saying stuff to his colleagues about Donald Trump. I mean, he called Trump a demonic force. I mean, I never called Donald Trump a demonic force. <laughs> I mean, that's like a little. Oh, uh, that's like over the top there. But he then goes on the air and pretends that he's that that he doesn't have that opinion. Um, was was it was it all for show? Was the stuff that he was doing on air for show, or was he slowly being converted? His eyes were opening up to like the role that he was playing in this bigger game, and maybe that's the case. I don't know. We'll find out. But I thought this was interesting. It came from a guy that is, uh, I'm not a big fan, Jonathan Chait. He writes at New York Magazine. Like I said, really don't like the guy, don't like his work, but he had a quote I had not seen before. And he said, the most incisive comment ever made about Tucker Carlson was actually made about Bill O'Reilly. And the person who said it was Tucker Carlson. <laughs> so think, so, What Carlson is going to say here is about O'Reilly, but it's actually about himself, too. He just said it years ago. He said, O'Reilly's success is built on the perception that he really is who he claims to be. If he ever gets caught out of character, it's over. Asked to elaborate about this, Carlson mixed his condemnation with clear envy. He said, quote, Bill O'Reilly is really talented, uh, talented. He's more talented than I am. He's got a lot more viewers. He's a better communicator than I am. But I think there is a deep phoniness at the center of his shtick. And again, as I say, the shtick is built on the perception that he is the character he plays. The conceit that made O'Reilly so much more successful than Carlson was at the time uh, was that he was the everyman. He is everyman, right? He's not right wing. He's a populist. But Carlson was very clear that nobody, especially not a primetime TV host, could authentically inhabit such a role. He said nobody is that person. Nobody could be that populist. Why? Well, you're making a million dollars a day or something, whatever it is, or a million dollars a year or millions of dollars a year. Carlson's career defies parody and challenges analysis because it has always been laid bare. Carlson inherited the fake populist shtick used by O'Reilly, and honed it into something like performance art. He ranted conspiratorially about them out to get us. Again, this is Jonathan Chait, I know. The Carlson version of the character was a campy, scenery-chewing performer who exceeded O'Reilly in every way. Okay, So this is how the left views Carlson. But I think there is an element of truth here in that there's there's this fake populist kind of a, a shtick that is occurring. I've told the story before. I'll tell it again in a moment. The one another piece of advice I got when I first started was just read the news in your own voice. Don't don't put on an affectation. Trying to convince people that you're supposed to sound a certain way if that's not how you really sound. All right. Now, given the state of affairs in our country and the world, are you asking yourself whether you're prepared for an emergency? I actually get asked this a lot. My answer, start at Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies, the full line of Augustin Farms and Mountain House Foods, books, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, camping and hiking supplies. Being prepared is just smart. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. In Waynesville and online at carolinareadiness.com. Get tickets to the Heritage Life Skills event also. Make a day trip to the mountains and return home fully prepared. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Uh, Matthew says, please refrain. Yeah, so in an email uh, to Pete at the Pete Show dot com, Matthew says, please refrain from playing any Billy Joel tunes until after the Carolina Hurricanes have knocked the New York Islanders out of the NHL playoffs. We don't need any of that bad Long Island juju in our state today. No offense to my favorite Long Island native talk show host. Game five of the series is tonight, and the Hurricanes need just one more win to close it out. So there's a good chance you can get back to Billy Joel bump tunes uh, as soon as tomorrow. Uh, I don't believe in any of that sort of stuff, Matt, but thank you. Great show as always, he says. Uh, Appreciate it. All right, so uh, Joseph says on... Tucker Carlson, uh, they're doing to News Corp, and likely to Tucker, what they did to Alex Jones. Lawfare. They have the courts, and with the right demographics, they can get the verdicts they want. So far, they have targeted only people without command of any physical force, but someday they will go after someone who has some authority, be it state or local, who has some command of physical force themselves, and then we get down to business. I don't... No, I mean, the, the, the lawsuit from Dominion was over defamation and that's how you sue a media company. And yes, they got, and the premise of the case was that they were advancing lies. And, and by the way, this is one of the things I actually agree with the, with the Fox argument here, which was, we don't have to believe what, um, what a guest or an interview subject is saying in order to have them on the show or, or to do an interview with them. Right. So what would be better there? So if I'm a if I'm a host and I bring somebody on, do I have to agree with everything that they come on the air to say, or do I allow them to make their argument? Because as a news organization, right, you you ostensibly are bringing people in all the time. You can't agree with everybody all the time, and they're going to be saying stuff, and you may disagree with them. You don't believe that's true, but you're giving them this platform. The problem was they never they never utilized the opportunities, right? And that angered the hosts off the air. You also have this this uh, schism between your on air hosts. There were uh, discussions between Hannity, Laura Ingram, and Tucker Carlson. They were you know talking because th- that's the lineup, and they were talking about the news division. And you know they're constantly bashing the reporters. They're like they don't break any news. They're not actually doing news and all this. So they're. They're all attacking each other. And look, a lot of this stuff is just internal shop talk that occurs everywhere. But because it's Fox News, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. You know, it's like great Satan. We got to peek behind the curtain. And now look at that. They they hate each other as much as we hate them and all this. This stuff happens everywhere. It's going on at CNN. It's going on in MSNBC. But is that but is it better for the Fox hosts? To welcome people on the shows, to have them on the shows, to, to try to make their case, even if they don't agree with the people and the case that that's being made? Is that a better approach? Or would you prefer, I guess, what's going on at the other networks where they are saying, you don't get to come on the air if I don't agree with you? Is that a better approach? I would think not. I would, yeah. To me, at least, that like to me... It seems like you would want to bring people on and give them the opportunity to make their case, especially when it was about uh, the election fraud stuff. Now, that being said, the problem that Fox had and still has and talk radio has and still uh, had and still has conservative media just in general. The problem is Donald Trump. That's the problem. I'm not saying you know love him or hate him whatever like th- this is the issue is that Donald Trump appeals to a a core group of the base and that base if it moves away from your platform you will see those numbers erode and so there is a there is an inducement there much like on the left right msnbc if you praise something Donald Trump says or does then oh my gosh all oh, your audience is going to go away right these are the same dynamics at play now, I think there was also part of the problem that Tucker Carlson ran into was the uh, the Ukraine stuff that he was uh, he, he was not on board with the Ukraine war, and they he got cast as this you know Putin puppet, which is ridiculous, and it you know I mean it it speaks to the the power of the war party. <laughs> really, it speaks to their power quote-unquote deep state, uniparty, whatever you want to call it, that this became untenable. That's why people say he was getting red-pilled. <laughs>